0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to my lovely IHP community. We have a SMART FACES episode, and it's Stable, Mature, Adaptive, Rational, Teachable. That's my acronym, but FACES is Daniel Siegel's, A Flexible, Adaptive, Coherent, Energized, and Stable Brain. So that's an integrated brain, and it is a person such as myself. No trauma, memory lingering in my brain. My charge states are plenty of sleep but if they come on up it's usually in a specific way and I will apologize and that's a story for those who want to ask more but in the meantime no devil no evil human love narrative trying to get those who are human suffering narrative and ancient silverbacks so not smart faces to go ahead and tune on out and go somewhere else. So we don't use words here such as, you're an enabler, you're a person who needs to shame people, how dare you be a person who's so compassionate and ah, what an asshole you are, or oh, you must be hiding something behind the scenes. Okay, so a lot of different ways that different people can talk about smart faces. We smile and nod, like with the Madagascar penguins, smile and wave, Bob, or whatever the name is, and we literally will not be noticed. We're not ninjas though. We're not ninjas, which reminds me of a very good friend of mine. <laughs> he's a little ninja. No, he's a big... No, he. Well, I'm a little person. He, he's, a, he's bigger than me, but he's a ninja. Many times, I'm like, where'd you come from? You just scared me. It's, it's funny when that happens. So, on that note, uh, I'm going to use a story for this one. And like I said, thank you for stopping by, the ones of you who believe in the devil and evil and, you know, biblical, ancient texts. I did grow up with Jesus and Jesus is a human being that from what I gathered from my history books existed. Now, esotericism seems to be making up other shit. I don't know. I don't believe in the 4D mystics. Uh, I believe in historians. So I need to ask some of my historians and then I need to ask them more historians and they need to be open-minded to all possibilities. And And I'll let you know if I ever go look into it. It's not on my priority list to do So, on that note, again, nobody gets possessed. I am a mystic, so I channel guidance on purpose. Yes, I, I actually enter into the sphere, and I'm not kidding. That's why I am okay with woo-woo lady. So again, thank you for stopping by. There, There's no plane. Once you die, you go back into the energy sphere, and I know all about the different shamanic journeys that people who remain in the spirituality soul age group talk to you about. I'm in the enlightenment soul age group. So again, thank you for stopping by. Functional adult here. I'm grounded, although I'm woo-woo. Okay, now, uh, the story that I want to share is about how a person who knows healthy self-worth since forever, (laughs) and no, I'm 43, but I maintain a differentiated self, me, the human being Maria with my lovely brain I was held with equanimity I don't have like I was saying any childhood trauma so I don't have shame when people don't like me I have more of uh, let me learn how to stare at you and then try to be nice somehow and if you begin to get upset at me I'm just going to be like I think you don't like me can I go now I I really don't want to get beat up because I'm I'm four foot nine didn't you notice so can I leave please I'm really not that interesting is, is it time to go yet <laughs> that's really what I want to do that's it can I go but you know what's nice about being a smart face uh, basically a smart brain faces is not about my face it's about my brain being able to immediately know mm, I think I'm not going to be happy right now let me get up and leave and that's what I do. My body tells me where it wants to be. And I don't do, as my lovely mother likes to say, I don't make and I don't do risks. Yes, I am very cautious like that. I like to plan things out. You know, I get lucky like that. As some people have pointed out, you're, you're lucky. You, you got to choose. Yes, I've been choosing with my differentiated brain because I got held with equanimity. And yeah, I don't have a trust break with humanity. So I just kept on maintaining my alignment with Purusha Prakriti. And that's why my clairs aren't my special gifts. I'm just the person who can tap into the energy sphere. Apparently you have special gifts. Why aren't you aligned yet? Mm, did you not get lucky like I got lucky somehow? Is, is your brain not as functioning? I, I think your brain works better than mine. Actually, you can regurgitate a lot of information. I can't do that. Is that because only your left mode is working? Okay, so I'm done being a smartass. I'm still just trying to get people to go (laughs) away. Okay, so when you're actually smart, you you use information to expand yourself and other people. I'm just saying only the people who have shamed effectiveness use information to throw it at each other and then to just keep being envious and jealous and talking about enabling and there's superheroes and supervillains and you know, somebody who needs rescuing and comparing themselves to saviors and then crying in the bathroom as martyrs and then, you know, thinking everybody is horrible and the weight of the world is on my shoulders and why doesn't anybody listen to us and we're all special, but no, only some of us are special. Yes, I've heard it all. It's quite like dragging my feet. I was a teenager and I was like, I need to leave this room right now because you're all just really, I don't know what's wrong with you. And now I know it's not about what's wrong. I'm so sorry that some people are not in 2023 still getting good therapy. I so hope they can find a good therapist who will talk sense into them. I try. I don't get listened to because I don't have the white coat. No, that's because uh, the adaptive child found the shiny silver ancient back that is telling them about the world they want to see. So... Shiny, shiny. Oh, you're special. Come over here. Take, take this. <laughs> so anyways, um, when you are a person who knows about human suffering for real, you actually know you can help people. Thank you, good trauma experts. And on that note, it's only if they want to be helped, of course, because we don't make a difference in people's lives when they don't want to. And on that note, let's get to the story. Enabler. This word was used at a certain point and somewhere, and I won't describe the entire scene. I don't like to specify when I find people being arrogant in specific ways, but I can understand them. So what happens when codependent type people get healed out of what is their substance abuse situation, and that has happened with people who stop smoking. I'm a smoker, although I don't smoke anymore, but I smoke cigars. And when my lovely ex-smoker friends would come and say, eh, you're smoking in my face, I'd say, I'm going to blow some more in it because you're acting really annoying right now. I will not do that to a non-smoker because, you know, non-smoker don't like smoking. But to you, ex-smoker, now that you've gotten into your little pricky ass, mm, I'm going to come and annoy you on purpose. And these are friends, obviously, so I, I don't get beat up for it. And I tell them, you're an asshole right now. You know that, right? No, I'm not. Yes, you are. You smoked. What are you doing? Why are you complaining? Why are you being a bitch? Man, woman, don't matter who you are. Stop being an asshole. And uh, I didn't get too far with that. But I made my point and my friends stopped to annoy the fuck out of me. Well, like I said, I respected the ones who didn't smoke because, of course, in fact, some of them, though, I'd say, you know, we are all smokers. (laughs) The fact that every time we all light up cigarettes, and you have something to complain about, I'm going to say, how about you get up and move? Because, you know, there's 10 of us. You're one and nine are smoking. I I really don't know what to tell you. I'm thinking you'd be a smart face (laughs) to leave for a minute or so versus complain. Because, you know, once they started making smoking unbearably, you know, how brainwashing goes with the mass media, right? And they just gave everybody the, the right to yell in people's ears. And that's really what happened, like when people do it with nail polish on planes or something, not as bad as with smoking. So the stigma they created. I still remember having people look at me like I was a sick person and others also doing other things that personally I don't care to repeat. Because again, to me, I don't like hypocrisy. So there's a lot of hypocrisy in different ways. But let me put that one to the side and continue with my dialogue on more serious topics. And as I was saying, I know what words mean, and I know when people are being judgmental, and I don't appreciate people who are being judgmental, because, you know, it's one thing to have your opinion, it's another if you're casting a stone. And I don't cast stones, but I did cast stones for a little while, because I did get taught by the same people about how bad and good, and once I realized I was really ashamed of myself, because I promised to Jesus and God that I wouldn't cast stones and I was very much aware what that meant. It's I'm not you so I will not ever judge you and today with the knowingness of trauma and the trauma experts I know that I don't have a right to judge any person because I don't know human suffering in my body so anyone who does anything that is from their human suffering, well, I I don't have a right to judge them, but they don't have a right to judge me either, by the way. And then again, people say we all have a right. I'm going to say we have a law. Other than that, I'm going to say we have the right for now, maybe for, I mean, really, do we? They've been working with helping us to talk ever since the species came into the mix. And now they're helping us to learn to talk again. And some people are really upset about it. And some of us are like, well, you know, it happens. I took a gender and society class, so I know all about it from my academic years. Guess that's what makes my smart ass smart, huh? No, not really. It's just because I care about what I learn, which is being a human. So enablers, these people that project their codependent type martyr superior attitude. We, we don't like when people act superior or inferior to us. Who's we? The people who have actual self-worth It's called, don't you dare fucking look at me from top to down and down to top. But then again, I'm four foot nine. I don't stand a chance. I'm just going to wait till the three-year-old's done with the floor. And I'm going to say, thank you so much for your opinion. It was worth it to hear you out. I'm going now. Bye. And that is basically it. And that's how grownups do it. And I was a young 20-year-old. Yeah, when I did that. Today, as an adult, I have information that can back up the healthy self-worth person I am and how I did very much what is healthy self-worth and functional adult material versus the adaptive child which would have taken the opportunity to begin a little uh, pissing contest is what it's called and so yeah I don't do pissing contests I find it very immature and as a teenager I found teenagers quite uh, insecure unreliable, very mean, I might add. Yes, not nice at all. But then I remembered, wait a minute, they all have low self-esteem. Because they don't know about their worth, they're trying to prove themselves to each other. Wow, okay, I should leave them alone. They don't know their worth. They're going to learn about their worth through their peers. That I'm going to go learn about stuff from books because books seem more interesting than the peers who are doing mean shit to each other. Okay, so I'll share one of my stories and when I was called very sensitive. I'm still called very sensitive, but I'm not sensitive. I'm just a person who doesn't know how to understand a joke. I used to not know how to take a joke. Now I know how to take a joke, but I look at people with a blank stare and my loved ones literally know that I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. So if they're in a good mood, they'll explain it to me. If they're in a bad mood, they'll be like, oh, you're so fucking annoying, Maria. I can't do this right now. I'm going to leave. And I'm like, I know. Bye. We'll see you tomorrow. Let me hug you before you go. And I'm okay with them finding me annoying because I get it. I understand how it feels to not know how something works, like with math. I was watching this video to try and figure out the diameter and the circumference of something (laughs) and my brain could follow the teacher and this is, I think, a middle school teacher. And I'm not kidding people, okay? So I'm watching this video. I'm trying really hard. I can follow what she's explaining. As I'm finishing the video, I'm starting to get lost again. Because I can't visualize what the fuck this lady is talking about. And I'm trying to figure out the math. And I'm like, I just started knowing what you're saying. I don't know what you're saying anymore. I'm not going to rewatch you because I don't fucking know what you're telling me. And it feels like I'm in a foreign language that is not a foreign language because you're speaking English to me. And I know my brain works, but I cannot, for the love of me, I don't want to. <laughs> and there you go. My, my machine is, nope, I'm not doing it and I remain willfully ignorant and not frustrated too much, but basically my brain was just, no. So on that note, we all have weaknesses. Mine is definitely numbers (laughs) and distances. I don't know what's wrong with that, but I have friends that are strong in that suit. So I always ask them, can you help me please? Like, I, I want to understand it, but how about you just do it for me? Can you just do it for me? I really don't want to. So, you know, this is where I'm okay with saying, I don't know. I'm not ashamed. I choose to not put any effort into doing something. Are we okay? Can you, can you help me? Can you be part of my herd and help me where I'm dumb? Yeah. Yet yeah, No. Okay. I'm going to go find somebody else. Thank you. <laughs> okay. That's how it works. So we don't get sensitive. Uh, we get smart. And that's, again, with faces, the integrated brain of a restorative embodied self. That's what it is. It's having a good time like a three-year-old, but I'm not a three-year-old. I'm an adult. My friends love me unless they're in a bad mood for some shit. And that's really just because they, they're actually really nice to me. So my friends, they, they get to basically tease me and I get to be like okay I'm gonna leave because your eyes look at looking at me like that today I know you're in a bad mood and I can feel your energy (laughs) so that's how it works on that note let's move back into the enabler thing because I have a very specific topic on this one about compassion and the difference between people who are here and those who are not but not too much about those who are not those who are here and why we don't listen to those who are not. Okay, so when you have the updated neurobiology on trauma, neurobiology on attachment, So I'm trauma-informed and somatic-informed, the mystic part, really it's beautiful. I love being a 5D mystic to give 5D mystics the opportunity to enjoy their clairs and to actually use them in a way that can support their oversoul and their growth and, and really because it's just beautiful to have the opportunity to, for example, for me uh, do Akashic Record readings and harrow channel guidance. But uh, the part about picking up on the collective and being able to support people to understand what is going on from a human perspective. For Reiki, I want to do some universal love transmission sessions for personal development. And then we have Reiki sessions for that as well. But Reiki is considered at this point cam. thank goodness, since energy is a real thing. But, you know, some people don't believe in it. And then there's the theologians, the ones who want to make us out to be the devil because, you know, they didn't give us the seal of approval. So because we are not following their ancient texts, they've decided we're out of the herd. And we never were in the herd because, you know, the person who actually tended to Reiki is not part of their herd. He's from Japan, if I remember correctly. And I know I should remember things, but that's where my brain is a fart. I don't. So on that note, as I was saying, the clairs are really something I know that I'm integrating because it's part of my toolkit to support people, but also because I'm here to support and build a 5D mystic community. That's because, yeah, the 4D, seriously, oh my gosh, let me not go there today they're all over a lot of stories. And I know that any one of us human beings can build a breadcrumb of trails back to the, uh, you know, home that we never went to. So, enablers, when I see posts of people that uh, have things such as, let's see if I can find it, where they're basically still trying to make up for something, how we betray our partner with drugs or alcohol. And it breaks trust and safety. So this is a person who is sharing, based on their subjective experience, how they were able to heal their relationship, if I remember correctly, after they betrayed the love of their life, which is the one, and they're still making up for having betrayed someone with with their misaligned and obviously whatever traumatic stuff went down because drugs and alcohol to lead you to actually betray quote unquote someone means you had a shame cycle with a inner critic outer critic and then you denied through drugs alcohol sex means compulsively and withdrew and continued doing it again and again and I'm very much in favor of all healing and that's of all people and so about using different ways to express that using words such as betrayal is actually a shaming agent is the word that I'm going to use. And here's where we have superheroes, supervillains and rescuing, which is a codependent type verbiage. So I like to do communication. And I like to express and expand on topics. So you don't need to ever take any of this as anything but food for thought, as always, even the channel guidance, And, you know, the fact that somebody is focused on how something breaks trust and safety of another person versus what you were doing to your own human being, body and brain. Are you not interested in your own inner well-being is the question of a securely attached human being. How is it that you are not interested in your own immediately, not after the betrayal, quote unquote, to another human being. No, your, your focus is on the other, which is why you're in fact a superhero, supervillain, rescuing, codependent type person. Your driver obviously must be bonding then. I'm, I'm assuming you're I hope that your attachment is secure now, but your driver must have been bonding meaning that meaning for life and meaning and motivation come for you by the external which is the other. And so now that you have the other, you have purpose in your life and and your zero, 01 year old has found a way to sustain the very Shiva, no thingness land of unknown uncertainty and unwanted meaning after death meaning excuse me after life we all just die and you can't bear to be a person with your name and no meaning except for I breathe and I live and, and I'm being serious and I know some of you if you feel uncomfortable please tune out from this episode because we all have implicit bias so we all have areas that might not be uh, able to sustain certain types of explorations and I don't want to have any person tuning in here to be like the lady with Sadhguru when he's talking to her about darkness and she's like you're scaring us sad okay or Sabine who wrote the book on physics I need to read that one still existential physics where she has this whole introduction where she says be careful please or know that people have written me and they tell me they can't sleep at night Okay, so I need to spell it out. I'm an enlightenment, so agey person. I'm not in the in-between, and yes, I have clear. So I actually have a way to know about things, but I also know that I don't know shit, and I'm okay with it. And I know I have 24 hours, and, and I don't like that, but I got used to knowing that I only have these 24 hours when I was a kid, and Marcus Aurelius is the one who helped me to understand why worry about something you can't do anything about. There you go. So I, I don't want people to feel uncomfortable. I'm almost done with this example that I'm giving. But I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get my lovely community to understand that zero one year old and that you want to be a person who looks at how is your body? How are drugs and alcohol affecting you? Putting to the side just for a minute another human being who has nothing to do with you right now except for the securely attached uh, primary caregiver that you obviously are continuing to want to feel applauded to so that you may have a sense to this unknown, uncertainty, and unwanted, or just uncertainty, unexpected, this darkness, this unknown, which only the right side of your brain, by the way, handles well. But it handles it well when your left is silent or when your left and right are partners. That's when you, the human being, can sit with that and be, you know what? I don't like the idea of darkness. Nope. I have secondary consciousness. I'm a human. It's called the human condition of existence. The existentialist philosophers talked all about it all the way back when, and we're still talking about it. Of course we are. It's called secondary consciousness. I know that I live. I, humanly speaking, know that I will die. I will not like to know these two things, and that is all. And I'm uncomfortable. And it's okay to be uncomfortable and unhappy. And to have this very depth of da da da. Okay, so for me, this is easy. I I, again, I'm done. But for others, this might not be in any way, shape or form easy. And I try to remember aspects, but there's only so much perspective one can maintain within the visibility. And what I'm saying is I have people around me, but I come to speak to my community of 5D collective people. So these are educated individuals who are independent thinkers and or mystics who are going to be moving into their expanded consciousness. And so it's beyond just, you know, the personal development. We're talking about being able to accept things that are not a dilemma for a person who uses left and right brain, okay, together. And I'm being very serious right now. So these are not always our episodes. I like to entertain while educating so that we can have fun. But this thing about um, this betraying your partner with drugs and alcohol. Okay, so one, as I said, this human being is motivated. They got, in fact, their cute little couple picture and everything about their life is only meaningful because they found someone who is their world. It's, ah that's my assumption, I might be wrong, but everything that is their content is how to make sure you satisfy that partner, don't break their trust, heal a relationship, it's monogamous, by the way, so I'm a polyamory person, and I'm totally someone who says, "Uh, you don't own each other, but I know we live in a mononormative world, and I know that they still talk about, you know, hell and and purgatory, and and repenting for your sins, and shit like that, so I get it, we're not really advanced, as some people want to say they are, from different countries, because if you were quote-unquote advanced, then you'd know that science has just as much validity, if not more than, well, you know, and again, I grew up with church, I love Jesus, Jesus is everything to me, but I know that there is not, after I die, this place, and I knew this as a kid, Even if I had the lovely conversation with my boyfriend at the time when he questioned my faith, and today people say, are you spiritual? Well, yes, and I'm beyond it as well. So do I still get to be spiritual? I know I have faith. But it is beyond the faith of entity. In fact, there is not any hand that's going to come down and save anyone. It's really a blend of things blend of subject matters for me. And on that note, the enabler thing and people, when they talk about people who have what is a compulsiveness with drugs, alcohol, sex, gambling, um, anything. So I want to say there's layers. The ones who are labeling themselves and using their traits from specific types of diagnoses And they're describing, and they're basically thinking that they're fixed. They got a bad therapist who did not inform them that they are not fixed. They are not nouns. The state of self of every person can be something they work with, with a good therapist. And that's because of being able to work with the child parts, IFS, internal family system, good EMDR, or you know, the people who work with you and your brain and somatics, your body. Okay, so the knowingness that drugs, alcohol, sex, food, and just any substance is what a person can have began to self-soothe with due to the fact that trauma Neurobiology of trauma shows when you are traumatized, you start developing heartache and gut wrench as it gets expressed somewhere in the midline of your body. Basil van der Kolk, MD. Okay, so people, again, don't believe in this updated information. Uh, I do because the data is there and these are experts. And the ones who don't want to believe it, they can, you know, plenty of people don't believe in Reiki. I have Reiki sessions and people have results just saying. So on that note, um, human love narrative, by the way, over here, so not the human suffering one and not limited consciousness, as I said, infinite, higher human consciousness is what it's called. And there's a reason for it. And you don't betray a person, you betray yourself, but you don't betray yourself, you ignore to acknowledge that you have what is called a nervous system with an attachment system. And a brain and you disregard to learn about shame, defectiveness, heartbreak, gut wrench, torn apart, self-loathing, inner critic, outer critic, shame cycle. You ignore to learn what makes you tick as a human, as an adult at this point, and to use crappy movies and crappy people around you that don't know how to inform you of this. So when someone says enabling, I would want to punch them in the face because they are accusing somebody else of something in a manner of projection, so they're expecting another person to be able to be the nervous system of another human being and the brain, not just the nervous system. And they have no right to basically say anything about another human being in relationship to how they can handle or not handle a situation involving alcohols, drugs, or basically people from a household that are in situations of distress. Now, that somebody can say, I'm so sorry that you actually have these situations going on, that's a different story. I thank you so much for understanding how challenging it is. Using a word that makes an accusation based on your projection and your own opinion, again, Adaptive child, your own subjective judgmental opinion can go and, you know, somewhere else. Has nothing to do with the title of that one video. That title shows me that a person did not take their health into consideration for their own well-being, and their only motivator is an external source. So my immediate equation is, if that external source one day, for whatever reason, falls, let's just say, out of love with you, and they leave you, or whatever, they become polyamory, but you're not, you don't want polyamory, and it's not something, even though obviously, if people unconditionally love each other, they will accept each other, but my point is a different one. If a person does something that you will have done everything for, what are you going to do? Are you going to go back to the drugs and alcohol? Because I'm going to wonder, did you get out of the self-soothing mechanism in a way that you are aware of what you were doing to yourself prior to that? Okay, this is important to note because when you are used to having dysfunction, dysregulation, and you have had a habit of doing something that soothes your nerves, so like with me and smoking, I'll use me. My relationship to my smoking is I like the flavor and I also though used it for moments of stress as well as for moments of creativity. So while for stress I'm doing really great at knowing how to breathe and all that stuff I can say okay I probably wouldn't do it for the stress part anymore. I still know that I used it when I was creating and I am a creator. And so I like the flavor, I like creating, and I have used it for stress. Who tells me that I might not move back into smoking more than just the amount that I had already seen is a good amount, which is basically three cigarettes. And in my case, that's why I chose, for example, okay, I'm not going to pick it back up, I will use cigars and randomly, you know, every now and then, and here's where substances like alcohol and smoking. So for example, I like little bits of um, a model, but there is a way that you begin to have a routine. So this one is accurate. I also watched a documentary, no, it was an interview on that. So the part that I had noticed is because when I'm in different places, I don't have access to some things. And I noticed that I was like, mm, I have a craving. Okay. And that's when I had come across a video. So there are areas of our brains and our bodies that, or whatever, that basically physiologically you do and can end up with cravings. And this is why it is a person's own choice to understand one, if you're doing it, like I use the smoking because drinking, I would not ever be a person who can physically move beyond a certain amount. I just get sick and it's not possible. And I actually even notice like my rhythm, so these are things I get to chit chat with loved ones about and 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 just in general, my health is important to me, so that is something I'm not concerned with. The smoking on the other hand, it's not about the health, but I noticed that, yeah, I don't want to do too much because my lungs and I can tell, okay? And I'm just describing because that's my way of sharing with people who have a relationship with their body. You will notice things of yourself too. And you would notice, am I willing to put my health to the side and how much or how little? Because obviously we all will be a little bit misalignment Like with my back exercises, we all have things we like to do and things we don't like to do is what I'm saying in this set of uh, different examples. But we're going to get back to our main topic when a person is using something to help them out with something that is stress and they're doing it only for somebody else. My first equation is your vulnerability is still there because the minute a human being leaves you is the minute that I'm going to wonder, are you going to go back to it? You didn't do it for the right reasons, meaning for your own health, your own interests, your own everything. No, you did it for someone else. And with the whole betrayal part or people who think of enabling, you know, this is again, the external is what, is being the, 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 the reason you're even looking into it. It's not because of I want to be a person who tends to my inner and outer well-being. You're not motivated for living a longer life, which in fact indicates to me that you have yet to reclaim your birthright, your restorative embodied self, and to be able to sit with yourself and be in a state of awe and wonder and just be like, wow, I get to live another day. Now again, some people, their driver is not one that can involve a dominant self-agency, but we all have all three drivers, and and really what I share with you is something that I'm going to say any person with some common sense can achieve a balanced out ideology, but the land of equanimity is not one that is exciting with dopamine hits and those accelerators that a person who's used to being alive with their re-traumatized hypervigilance, so that default mode network, remember, studies are showing that people who have childhood trauma and or PTSD, they have these frontal lobes come online, the default mode network comes online when they're being exposed again to their trauma. And that is where, if you look at the dopamine hit and studies of how our brains work, if you will, they will connect certain types of dots. Now, the part of why Dr. Joe Dispenza says, ah, people are just took to drama or something like that. He says it in a way that is, he's sad for people, even though it sounds like he's a pompous, he's not. He's just saying, you you can get out of this, become a version of yourself that is not here, and you're choosing drama. Okay, I believe in explaining something and then allowing people to understand reasonably what your options are. So like I said, for me, I have the cigar, I have that I drink at times. And in my opinion, sometimes I should just, you know, give it a whole month off stuff like that crosses my brain. But I know that there's no risk in me becoming a user in a way that would be Completely harmful. Okay, the how much and how little is subjective. Someone from the outside can come and tell you what to do. And it doesn't matter if they're right or wrong. The point of how much do you care about your life and the length of your life, in my personal opinion, is what is going to make the difference in your life, not me because I won't be there all the time while you're in your brain contemplating the very question of what's the meaning of life. And that is why, to my personal opinion, if you're a individual who can find meaning in your own self, in a way of understanding, it isn't gonna be a dopamine hit. In fact, it's gonna be an oxytocin love gene hormone hit and this is you in a state of compassion, sitting with the awareness of ease while not being, this is called, I'm comfortable in the uncomfortable. And here's how you get your emotional window of welcome nervous system. This is actually a beautiful way for me to share with you all one of the things that we get to learn once I get the master class out the description that I just gave you for my regular listeners particularly, keep it in mind because I personally enjoy the ease of life from here and no matter what in the past however many years it's always been more and more of this just you know it's it is it is and feeling it doesn't mean yay, and it's not nay. It's literally, it's literally just this. Um, it's an ocean that's moving. It's not too turmoilous. It's not little. And then here's the part when there's a lot of, you know, waves back and forth. It's never been, for me personally, something overwhelming within my body. But that's because I have a window of welcome. People who, on the other hand, don't. This is where they have a lot of. A different feeling with the emotional body, and I don't know how it works for how many years it takes for them to achieve the beginning of them being able to move over here. I would say at least a certain amount of years. You know, I know for like the dissociative identity disorder lady, she got to begin to heal and become her adult self, I believe it was after seven years or something like that. Like it took about seven years to get all of those parts to then finally be able to meet. So the dissociative uh, consciousness barriers and memory barriers were able to dissolve and for her states of self to become one and for her to be a verb that is always expanding and then to achieve a state of, again, uh, functional adulthood. So when people want to accuse other people of betraying or enabling, and they use statements that are not compassionate, they actually don't help a person who already has shame, hiding beneath the surface, and guilt and childhood trauma or some shit that has basically taken a toll on their existence, to be able and have the space to find the motivation within their self to wonder and to just make a decision of, I'm worthy to someone. Do I want to be here longer, for example? Okay, so the individuals who did not get to, for example, be given pleasure because they were not applauded, they were not paid attention to, so they got neglect. There's difference between Uh, childhood trauma from neglect and childhood trauma from uh, turmoil and violence, physical violence and abuse. Neglect is a lack of stimuli for certain brain areas that would involve a person being able to feel pleasure. And so they don't know what it's like to feel, you know, when you're applauding to kids, they're like, oh, wow, I'm being celebrated. Okay, so to those people, they learn how to be not... They're, they're, they're off. They're offline because no body was actually actively participating to the little baby steps they were making and, you know, anything. They were a baby who was not celebrated. So a person like that will feel indifferent until maybe they're stimulated besides dance and music and other things also by others celebrating them without them giving them anything in return, necessarily, they might begin to feel pleasure and seek to actually be excited about life, okay? And so I'm using this as one example, but when you have people that are codependent types, they're judgmental, uh, they put pressure on people, they're, ju- they're, I already said judgmental, but yeah, they're um, bringing forth expectations and uh, an individual who doesn't know their own self-worth, won't know how to handle that. Um, This is the part of where, yeah, there needs to be some time for people to figure that their nervous system is not actually in the space of ease with co-regulation. Once they can figure somehow that, you know what, I want connection, that's already a good step. And then once they get unconditionally loved, that's another step. And, And at that point, there's enough visibility in the person's emotional and mental perspective, plus with the good trauma-informed experts out there, smart faces, um, to be able and have a person care enough to get information and then to maybe begin a journey for themselves and move out of drugs, alcohol, gambling, sex, whatever addiction there is. But the part about Doing it for yourself, in my personal opinion, is what you would want to try and have a person become aware of. You have to be a significant part of their life for you to even make possibly, and I mean possibly, a small little dent. Now, there are those who believe shaming motivates. I completely and 200% disagree. The trauma experts that I learned from, they have made what I share with you right now valid because what they say is a person already has a shaped defectiveness cycle. They're expecting to be treated like shit. They already feel like a piece of shit. The minute you're shaming them is the minute that you've just done to them what they're already expecting you to do, which is to reject them, to call them defective and to basically Again, do what they already experienced as a child, as an infant. And so when someone who is projecting their codependent shit wants to use the word enabler to a person, any of you who are compassionate, just remember this episode and just know that you don't actually help a person by shaming them. You, in fact, only give fuel to the fire that is already there. I'm going to use the ubiquitous suffering therapist. His name is... Shoot. I think it's not Sean, but I forget his name. So he mentions his story, which I believe he was using substances and other stuff, but he also was a person who had self-loathing and didn't feel he had a right to be existing. And he says, I knew exactly who to go to and how to provoke the fact that they would start insulting me so that I could feel like a piece of shit, so that maybe I could get the courage to actually go through with what he wanted to do. And he said, you know, I don't remember what it was that stopped him, but he could every time go to where and who he wanted to get treated in the specific way that would then lead him to go and, and do some more harm to himself with drugs. And then, you know, again, not overdose, but basically he made it clear that there were times where he he would have wanted to be pushed over the edge because he felt worthless and that he was not deserving to be there. So the part about shaming, blaming, faulting, or anything else does not help a person to get to healing in any way, shape, or form. Now, it doesn't mean that you need to watch people actually um, destroy their lives. No. So here's where Personally, I have not found myself in those situations, but if I had ever, and if I would in the future, but I highly doubt it because of knowing what to look for when it comes to a person's energetic levels and their consistent participation in life in a way that shows me that they're living a good life, okay? So I would know something's up if a person had a specific way of handling their day-to-day. And plus, you know, there's only so far you can go. When it comes to alcohols, drugs, or anything, you can't hide it forever. If it's a pattern that becomes what consumes you, it's going to be noticeable. But long story short, the conversation would be very straightforward. I'm not going to watch you kill yourself, so... I think you've made up your mind, you know, there you go. You're not betraying me, though. You're betraying nobody except for, you're not betraying shit. You're, you're telling me that you don't feel that you are worth saving, and that means that you are with unresolved trauma. I'm trauma-informed, so I'm going to say you need good help, but you need to want to get out of your dysfunctional pattern. I'm not the one who's going to be able to help you do that. So I'm not going to watch you do this, you know, if you want, I can get you help. But it's, if you're serious about it, something like that, there, there's no need to be rude to a person who's already suffering. And on that note, as we close on out, you remember I had a couple weeks ago or maybe a week ago from this episode a situation that's not in any way, shape or form something that I have anything to do with, because it's an acquaintance friend, so I don't have to watch a person do stuff, but I have known them for enough time to know that they're not on a journey towards their best self, and the way that I handled that was not by shaming them, it was by saying, I care for your well-being. They appreciated the direct comment Are they going to do anything about it? Well, they were not sober when they appreciated the comment, so I'm going to assume they forgot about it completely. But if I get to see them and they mention it, I'll make sure to, yes, open up the conversation and not shy away from stating something that can be helpful. But that's if they open up the conversation, not by me making some type of scene or statement Not to mention the same person I had already previously to this episode specifically asked, so what do you think about your substance situation? Because we were talking about mysticism and they actually have a way that they have it fit their persona and their mysticism and spirituality, so... Once that was shared with me, I'm like, okay, now I know your adaptive child has made up an excuse to validate your pattern, which is unhealthy, which you are stating, though, has a purpose within your spirituality self, which for you means that you are here to do something because, you know, the spiritual bypassers, they all think that they're special anointed gifts, people versus, no, you're a person with Claire's. That's not special or anointed. It's just you have an ability to tap into the sphere of energy. That's it. Yay, good for you. Now, if you're not taking care of yourself, what are you going to do with that? Nothing, except for be what? Highly sensitive? We're going to get to hear you talk about how sensitive you are to energies around you. I'm going to say you could go to a good therapist and get onto a healing journey and then use your clears for something even more awesome. You know what I mean? So on that note... Compassion is the smart faces way of sharing with our lovely humanity the opportunity to know we believe in you. And there's always a way for the compassion of every person to lead another person to potentially get smart faces, stable, mature, adaptive, rational, teachable, flexible, adaptive, coherent, energized, stable brain but it's only if they believe in their own humanity, if they want to return home to themselves, if they actually take the time to figure out that there are good therapists out there versus the bad ones, that there is a journey for them, that it isn't the substance, it's the relationship to it, but that the dysfunction is a dysregulated nervous system that did have a childhood traumatic and situations of PTSD that are being relived by the person and that the self-soothing mechanism is creating an unhealthy lifestyle for you that will catch up sooner or later. But really, in the meantime, it's also not allowing you to emotionally enrich your life with your relationships. And so talking again about you betray a partner with alcohol and drugs, it's diminutive. It diminishes the entirety of this subject, in my personal opinion, because I don't give a shit, quote unquote, about the partner who's suffering. You're suffering. Go to get therapy and get an emotionally available healthy person. For example, I'm just saying, because at that point I'm wondering, okay, are you, what's, what's up with you? Are you the little, oh, that's right. Some people, they call themselves the nurses and a the time they have the, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Red Cross person because they, that means I want to go around saving people. Well, here, let's go to Gabor Mate. You know what Gabor Mate has to say about nice people? Yeah, so I'm not going to get that one into the mix right now because we're running out of time. Those are codependent people. I am a savior of someone. I'm a martyr. I'm superior. It's the same bullshit. So if you go get healthy with yourself and find your self-worth, maybe you're going to get also, you know, again, this is not meant to be in any way, shape, or form, not compassionate. It's meant to say you have an ownership of your own life. Love yourself first, then talk to me about loving others because you're going to do it independently, not with this savior complex, which to me says you're codependent and think that you are doing something and someone a favor, which means you're putting yourself on a pedestal in another not, and that to me is not love. That is you being a parent, in fact, you're a codependent child who grew up and now is still trying to fix the home that was never broken to begin with, but that had unresolved trauma. This is why the defectiveness shame is about a inner child that doesn't have a grown-up saying, wait a minute, we can tap our shoulder. It's cool. Come on in, ventral vagal nervous system. I can self-soothe this nervous system now that I'm a grown-up. Get out of the dysfunctional, dysregulated nervous system that I got from home and learn how to love myself immediately as soon as I can to keep on doing that and then love people too and be able to have those quote-unquote and I say quote-unquote because securely touch people know healthy boundaries their entire life it's called "Mm, don't fuck with me Uh, if you treat me like shit I'm gonna let you know in your face I won't shame you oh no I'll just tell you fuck you because yeah that's not right I'm I'm gonna go over there (laughs) I don't think so I don't, I don't need to shame you. I can see you're ruining yourself all by yourself. I can see you don't give a shit. Oh, wait, let me calm myself. That's right. What I learned about people and the fact that they don't have a feeling of myself is worthy and valuable. A friend of mine explained it to me in a way that I got to figure it out. This was a long time ago. And they said, Maria, some people, they just don't love life they are suffering and they can't handle it. And this is actually one of my twin flames to my lovely regular listeners. And when this person said these words to me, I forget what was going on, then some other shit happened and I'll never forget it because it was like a month where I was like, what the hell just happened? I was worried in a very, very important way. Luckily, there was no need to worry. But my point is the person gave me an ability to understand that I love life, but not all people love life. And I understood because of the way they presented it to me. So the part about betraying, like I said, a partner, I personally find it diminishing, you're betraying yourself, but really, you're not betraying yourself, your infant self, your child, somewhere along the line, you lost the idea that you are worth being here saving yourself. So that's what we want to look at, loving yourself. Compassion is the only way to, like the Zen Master story, dissolve the compulsive thief, which is not a thief. It's a shame, defectiveness, heartbreak, gut wrench, unresolved trauma. And that's what smart faces, Zen Masters, 5D mystics, functional adults, enlightenment, soul, age group, the IHP community. So be loving, kind, supportive, and let's, you know, help to support people who want to get to their self as well. Have a great day.